Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode number 222 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. This is Mike. I'm here with Danny, and tonight we're going to be reviewing the Eminem movie, Eight Mile. Danny, how are you doing tonight? Oh, that I wish that was true, Mike, but tonight on episode 222, we're going to be reviewing Mile 22, starring John Malkovich. You know, that's actually almost appropriate that we would Nearly. review that movie instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's do Hard that. We, I've seen them both, so let's Oh, we don't let's even do, need... We'll just... I figured you would have seen it given your your uh, Google News alert for any John Malkovich movie and you rush out and see it right now. <laughs> right, 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 right. The fact yeah. that this so, also falls in your Ronda Rousey movie category, like the Venn diagram here has a lot of coverage that appeals to you. Does she have other movies? She was in the Entourage movie. Oh, you're right. Yeah, all right. You've seen both. Didn't so. see it. I knew she was in it. No, all right. Oh, anyway. All right. Well, hey, I'm I'm excited to talk about Mile 22. I'm also excited that in this episode, uh, we had the opportunity to sit down with Nick Toros, who's a manager at Flix Brewhouse, a new movie theater in Madison, Wisconsin, and part of a national chain, to talk a little bit about the movie-going experience, about what theaters are doing to try and keep all of us as moviegoers interested and engaged, and then a little bit about Flix. And I'm really excited because Nick also took the opportunity to recommend a beer pairing for Mile 22, which I thought was great. So we'll we'll, we'll get to awesome. that later in the yeah. episode. Uh, before we do that, though, I thought I'd start with a very tight plot recap. And we'll just kick this right off and say that this movie is the baby of Ben Affleck's The Accountant, which sucked, <laughs> about an autistic uh, hitman. Uh, that is also the uh, the bastard child of 16 Blocks with Bruce Willis. So if you saw that, that terrible right. movie with Most Def, yeah. then you've seen Mile 22. This movie stars Mark Wahlberg as the leader of a group called Overwatch, which is a paramilitary group who gets called in when diplomacy and the military options have been exhausted. And in this particular film, Mark and his group are in charge of getting a, a government witness out of a hot spot and driving that person 22 miles to an airstrip so they can be safely evacuated from a hot zone and deliver urgently needed information on the location of weapons of mass destruction. Needless to say, action ensues, they're ambushed along the way, and Marky Mark and his uh, funky bunch fight it out for 22 miles in an effort to to save the day apparently and that's mile 22 i still don't understand what this movie was about and we (laughs) saw it nearly a week ago it it's so forgettable every day there was a little there's a carbon half-life that just disappeared we should have recorded this like the day we saw it we should have like yeah we should have done a live tweet of it or something because it it was forgettable i what what did you think of the movie well this movie just sucked um this movie for some reason mark Wahlberg is playing an autistic um uh orphan who basically becomes adopted by this paramilitary group he's always wearing a rubber band which he has to to snap on his wrist because he's stemming the whole time he also it's kind of his way to calm to himself. To calm himself, down. yep. Yeah. He he yeah. also doesn't use his Boston accent, but he takes his voice up by about a half octave, so he doesn't sound like Mark Wahlberg at all. 
And this movie, while it should just be a straightforward excuse to get some great action, is so incoherently edited that I don't think there's a shot in this movie longer than five seconds. So it's just constant editing. And you're watching hand-to-hand fights and gun battles and car chases. And I'm thinking, I don't know what is going on. I don't know where anyone is. I don't know who anyone is. And I've just given up caring. And it sucked. What'd you think? Yeah, I also agree that it sucked. (laughs) The editing was atrocious. I mean, five seconds might have been an exaggeration, but not by much. I really don't think it's an exaggeration. I'm just going to start out and say there's nothing I liked about the movie. Almost nothing I liked about the movie. Maybe I'll 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 do a fifty percent thing that I kind of liked about the movie, but then it just turned into something that I didn't like about the movie. So uh, this director has worked with Mark Wahlberg in the past, Peterberg. and he is also Peterberg has also worked with Trent Reznor in the past yes. on Patriots Day, and. While I would say that's amongst the Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross weakest scores of their filmography, I still like it. And I feel like this movie was a composer named Jeff Russo trying to ape Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And he got like 50% of the way there. So I would say there's... There's 50% of something I like a little bit. You like a little bit the fact that someone failed in trying to copy someone you really like. That's it. That's Who has worked with this director in the past and produced their weakest entry into their filmography. Yeah, I, 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 listeners, I hate to be the guy who just craps all over a movie, but I agree with Mike. This is really, really rough. Now, now P- Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg have worked together over several films. They did Lone Survivor. Deepwater Horizon, they did Patriot's Day, all three of which were based on true stories and were sort of uh, fictional half adaptations, half true story action adventure thrillers. So they kind of have a genre unto themselves. And then this one came out. This is a a wholly original. (laughs) I use that very loosely, but it's not adapted (laughs) of a real story. And right. their goal was to launch a franchise. I mean, I really think that when they set out to make this movie, they thought we're going to have the next Jason Bourne, the next John Wick, the next James Bond. This character is going to take us all the way. I don't even remember his name. And <laughs> and and if, if, if Wahlberg's character has any sort of identifiable features in this movie, it is that he is an insufferable a-hole. He's, yeah. he's wholly unlikable. Yeah. And doesn't seem very effective as a leader, as um, as a, a like a tactical thinker. He doesn't seem exceptionally talented as a hand to hand fighter or weapons expert. Right. He's just sort of Mark Wahlberg, and he's that's almost not he's almost a step below Ben Affleck in The Accountant, the movie that you referenced earlier. I f- I feel like he's actually a tad worse than that. Yes. Yeah. I I completely agree with you. This movie is so out of sequence. I think that maybe the ridiculous out of sequence shooting that they did was a way to kind of keep the plot remotely interesting. But I agree with you. The snippets are so short, maybe not five seconds, but it's kind of schizophrenic. I couldn't follow it. Uh, there's several points throughout the film that they cut to Mark Wahlberg and he's in a suit and he's giving some sort of testimony or debrief. 
but he's just spouting off the most ridiculous yes. cliches about security. It's like five second moment to ground the film and it's it, it give it a little gravitas, but it it falls flat every single time that it happens. It's it's totally cliche. Every one I, of those lines. Every one of those lines felt like it was meant to go over like a portion of the trailer. You know, I'm saying like freedom yeah. isn't free. You're right. Like you would just say <laughs> that, and right. you're like, okay, okay. This isn't what the, the, the kind of testimony you give in a deposition right, right. or something like that. Really weird. And then it's edited so badly, even in this frantic pace. But for some reason, John Melkovich and his disaffected voice disappears for a full hour. Like he's he's in the opening scene and then you don't see him for an hour and then he's back on screen. Same with there's like this this female uh, code breaker, you know, hacker girl. She's early in the film and disappears yep. for another hour. And you're like, oh my God, I've seen 6,300 scenes since I last saw <laughs> you. And suddenly you appear back on screen. I'm like, I forgot your name. I forgot why you're even here. It was it was awful. Yeah, it it's really, really rough. And again, I like action movies. I like... Uh, not that I really have really enjoyed any of the Mark Wahlberg, uh, Peter Berg movies, but, you know, I do enjoy that type of film, and this one just gives you nothing. Now, the one thing that really ha- it had going for is, and I'm going to murder his name, Aiko Uweiss? Aiko Uweiss is in this movie, and he's in... Uh, he's the star of the films The Raid and The Raid 2. And now, these are some of the most badass action movies you're ever going to see. The raid is essentially an excuse to get this guy into a, a, a building full of criminals so that he can spend 90 minutes kicking all of their asses and having significant battles. I mean, it's just wall-to-wall action. In this movie, he gets a couple of fight scenes in, but again, they're so frenetically edited that you don't know what he's doing. And I felt like you could have been in these action scenes the way that they were edited. <laughs> Like me, yeah, like, like you I could have personally could have, yeah, because it's like a, a one second shot of you pretending to punch a guy, and then a one second shot of you pretending to throw a guy down the stairwell or something. It's like, well, any of us could do that. This guy is amazing. <laughs> right. They had this resource, and they lost him. Similarly, this movie has Ronda Rousey, a UFC Ultimate Fighter, right, a, a significantly badass. badass woman, and they kill her off before she does anything. She's in, like, two scenes, she doesn't do anything in them, and then she gets murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why have Ronda Rousey in this movie? Why did we do that? I also had a strong problem with the excessive use of F-bombs in the movie, and I'm not... I'm not one that typically is easily offended, and it wasn't the use of the F-word that offended me. This was just not... Quentin Tarantino use of the F word. It was like they tried to insert it as a way to add heft to an emotional scene that fell again very, very flat. It's always a you know a divorced mother that's upset about her situation with her child and so needs to insert the F word in between every other word that she uses. And it was just it was distracting. Like, even in a Quentin Tarantino movie, it's not distracting. Here it was. No, you're right. Tarantino uses it almost like Aaron Sorkin. Like, it's part of the language and the cadence of how his characters talk. Yes. This movie yes. felt like 
when they did the first cut of the script, the movie was 71 minutes long. So they just added they the, they added the F-bomb to like <laughs> every scene and now it's 83 minutes. And so now that qualifies as a feature film. Yes, so yes. Now maybe this is a good spot that we can, we can do a bit of a pause here and bring on our interview with Nick Toros from Flix Brewhouse because as bad as this movie was, I enjoyed seeing it in the theater. And I think that the conversation with Nick, I mean, that we had, I think we'll add a little bit of of, of context and then we're going to come back and we'll do what's up with because this movie is rife with what's up with. All right. Well, we're here today at uh, Flix Brewhouse in Madison, Wisconsin. We're here with Nick Toros. And Nick, I got to ask before we get started, do people call you Nicky the Bulls? Nicky the what? Nicky the Bulls. Nicky the Balls? No. Bulls. Bulls? Toro in Spanish. Oh, all right. So I if got, they called you Nicky the Balls, got, you should punch him right in the mouth. I was like, that's we just met, man. That's, right, a, right. that's a big no, assumption. Nicky the Balls. I, I used to like Toro a, great, a lot. Like, uh, a great like, gangster name. Like if I was... Like a, like a, like a Goodfellas background character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, happened to Nicky the Bulls? Oh, he didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. would <laughs> be like, oh, poor Nicky the Bulls. He was, he was integral into the Lufthansa heist. And he, he talked, so he's out. Uh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So, and then what we wanted to talk about is um, we're movie fans. So okay. Yeah. We love seeing movies. We love to see them uh, at home, on streaming, <laughs> on DVD, on Blu-ray, on 4K, in Me the too, theater. Yeah. But the theater is my favorite place to see a movie. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the experience of going to movies has become, I don't want to say more challenging, but certainly in the business it's got to be getting more difficult. Well, it's, the the business is more challenging, right? I think, like 4K TVs, like Netflix original content, or even just like the turnaround on how quick content hits Netflix is like crazy. Like, I remember I bought Coco, like three weeks after it hit, I was out of theaters and two days later it was on Netflix. I'm like, oh, that's great. It's 20 bucks, it's flush out of the toilet. Um, <laughs> so I think, and I think ticket sales... Like ticket sales are up because there's more people, but I think percentage of population going is on a decrease in okay. general. I think the challenge for the industry a lot is to make it an event, right? Like, what do right. you offer at your theater that doesn't get offered at home? Um, I think for here it's a brewery and it's a restaurant, and it's not like a restaurant. Like if you go to, it's not like a hot dog and a popcorn. You know what I mean? Like you can get right. good food, reasonably priced, right? Great beer. Our beer is super cheap. So I think that's when I interviewed when I interviewed for this job, I didn't know what it was because right? there's not one in Madison. So even on my third interview, it was the first time I saw one. Sure. And I walked in, I was like, oh, this is, this is great. Like, yeah. I'm never going to, I'm never going to Popcorn Palace again. Like, yeah. I can get beer, I can sit down, I can kind of relax. Um, I tend to steer away from movie theaters for a little bit. Because I know you have a family. It's just so expensive. Right. right? Yeah. Where, like, even our ticket prices are pretty reasonable. First show of the day is always six bucks. Like, our eating prices are ten fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. What about the food? So, again, we talked a little bit about other theaters where you can get a food. You know, you get mm-hmm. food, you get a chicken sandwich, you can get quesadillas. It's kind of, I don't want to say bland, but it's it's fine. Right. Tell right. us a little bit about the food here. So, so all the food's really good, and you're getting the pretzel, which is kind of my one of my go-tos. Um, but if I had to say anything which was really great, our, our executive chef was a founder of California Pizza Kitchen. So our pizzas are scratch dough made daily, and he's like, that's his baby, right? So when we get a new salami, he tests, oh, he did it here, 17 different salamis, like until he gets the one that fits best with our meat lovers. The okay. pizza's to that's die awesome. for. How, How can we get, we chickens? get tickets to the salami tasting? I will, I'll keep you posted. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like that's the dirty question at the end of the episode now, right? How do we get tickets to the salami tasting? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That might be five questions. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the, the, the listeners who normally submit our dirty questions just thought, "Damn it, <laughs> we just got outdone." Like, hardcore. That's hilarious. Mm. 
model he explained to me sounds an awful lot like Alamo Drafthouse, which is a theater I frequent all the time sure. in Dallas. Sure, very similar. And so yeah, yeah. Like, you guys have a 30-minute pre-show before yep. seating. Mm -hmm. Do you follow the same policy of not letting people in late? And yep. Yeah, so we don't let people in late. And I think... Oh, great. Like a big, yeah, it's great. Yeah, um, and I think a big... And we don't let... We have an age policy, too. So if you're not 17, if you're not with someone who's over age, you can't come see a movie. So okay. that was a struggle this weekend with, like, Slender Man. Oh, a okay. lot of teenagers came in. And the thing about teenagers coming into movies, like this is a this is an experience, right? It's a meal, it's a beer, it's a good time. You can't have a bunch of 12-year-olds like talking, throwing popcorn the entire movie. It ruins that experience. Right, right. right. Um, especially like for Slender Man or for like an adult movie. At the end of the day, for Incredibles, that's what you get. Like that, You should expect that a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, pre-show. Who right? produces the pre-show content? Um, our home office does. Awesome. So the one okay. for Mile 22 is Sharp Man. So there's hits and misses, right? So... There's some action movies in there, but they have a Marky Mark Wahlberg's workout video from back when he was uh, is in there. Awesome. It's, it's really funny. Yeah. How many flicks are there? How many locations? We're the seventh, and then the eighth is opening in Phoenix, Arizona, in okay. December, two weeks before Christmas, and then we'll be four or five next year, and four or five. We'll be 22 by 2020. And all of them have the full restaurant, full brewery. Yep, full restaurant, full brewery. Same beers in every location? Do you have like one master brewer or is there a brewer per location? So How does the, that work? I'm there a is a guy. master brewer. We have a chief brewer, but there is a brewer per location. So everyone has the same core six, right, um, which are great. And then each location has three that their interior brewer makes. So he makes, here he made Ozymandias, he made Boomstick, and then Team IMF just hit, just got tapped today. Um, so then, and then every location will have a signature brewer that that brewer just makes and goes on on tap at all times. He's still working on his. He's like brewing a couple things, checking it out, see what, yeah. he, see what he wants to end up at. Mm -hmm. While we're recording this conversation, Mike and I are yeah. both enjoying the Nebulous Hazy IPA. Very tasty. It is it's great, right? Very fantastic. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's so. great. And like, Hazy IPAs are the thing now. Like, you can get them everywhere. So I was still at how good it is and like how reasonably priced it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's five bucks. If you come in on a Monday, it's three bucks. You know what I mean? That's pretty cheap for a beer. Right? Yeah, that is. <laughs> One other differentiator that I noticed, again, because you're also, I don't say just a restaurant and a brewery, but you're that as well. Yeah. So you don't have yeah. to see a movie, is you also offer crowlers. Yeah. Which for the craft beer scene, yeah. you know, is a, is a real plus. I mean, to be able to come <laughs> get the beer. I mean, to me, that tells me that you guys have a lot of confidence and are very proud of the beers that you make. It's we, not just, here's our red, here's our stout, here's no, our IPA. It's, no. You're going to want to take this home because it's differentiated, which is awesome. Yeah, right? Like, I think I would put our beers against any brewery in Madison, to be honest. And not that there's not great breweries in Madison. We've done partnerships with Ellis Island and stuff. But, I, like, and our brewer, Nick Davidson, owned his own brewery called Tin Man in, in Indiana. And he sold it and then relocated up here. And that's how we, we stole him, right? Um, <laughs> But his beers are like out of the park. They're so good. Yeah. yeah. Were you able to participate in the Great Taste of the Midwest last no. weekend? No. So we tried. You probably had to do that a year prior no, or something. Like three that. years prior. Oh boy. Um, so, so you're on the list. Uh, we're on the list. We're on the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is a local brewery exception that we're trying to work for next year. Okay. So we still count as local breweries as we brew here. Got it. Um, but yeah, it's tough. So Nick was down there hanging out, like meeting people, and uh, but no, we couldn't get in this year. I tried, but I tried hard, but yeah. you know, it'll work uh, Well, today we are here at Flix, and we're going to be seeing Mile 22 with Mark Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. Might uh, be our last chance. Might be our last chance. It's opening today. <laughs> you might if, not be wrong. If, if you were to pair a beer with that film, if you said, you're going to see mm -hmm. that film, here's the beer that goes with that movie, what would you choose? I would, for action movies, I always sing darker beers. I don't know why. Oh, they're okay. like more manly in my 
with my perception on there's a good reason for it. And You're so a sexist guy. <laughs> all our listeners Dude, just turned off their podcast. Sir, I have three daughters. This is what a feminist looks like. Um, uh, so the 10-day Scotch Ale. Uh, so it's got, okay. it's okay. dark, it's malty, it's got a, a low alcohol volume, so it's only 5%. Okay. So like, in comparison, Miller Lite's like 3.5, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's poundable while you watch the movie. So that way, if it doesn't turn out to be great, you're like, eh, let's have another one. Yeah, I'll just have another just one. Keep right? Just keep them coming. Just keep them coming. This is a keep them coming. Maybe it ends better than you thought it would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or then we remember. Right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um... You mentioned that recently opening or about to open in Phoenix. Yeah, I understand. Also, now one in Dallas. So well. they have one in Little Elm. Okay, so we're right. outside Dallas, and they're and they're looking at Mansfield will open next year. Okay, so like on both sides of Dallas. Got yeah. it. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to checking it out there. Too, yeah, it's really well. cool. That's great. I the opened Dallas that. The week. I opened that Little Elm location. You did. Yeah, okay. I was in train down there. All yeah. right. <laughs> How long did you have to be down there for? I was down there for like six weeks. That was that was crazy because they opened with Avengers. So think about the film schedule uh-huh. for opening a theater. It was yeah. Avengers, Deadpool, Solo, Incredibles. It was just like crazy busy. And it was hot. Too. Except for Solo, Texas is so hot. Except for Solo, which. Was which, disappointing. Which was not great, but a Disney a Han Solo bomb is still a hundred million dollar movie, yeah. so it's still busy. Yeah. What What else should our listeners know about Flix Brewhouse, especially those that are in the Madison area or a metro area close to one of them? I, mean, I think it's a it's a unique movie movie going experience. I think it's I always compare it to a lot of like what our competitors do is they had a movie theater and they shoved a restaurant into it to try to like make that dynamic work. This is definitely more like a restaurant with a movie theater put in front of it. Like it, it flows well. It's a much different experience, particularly in the Madison area. I think when you think dining, you think the bistro at the Palace, or you think Sundance. Um, so you immediately think not good. And no offense, right? <laughs> right, um, right, right? But I think I think you come in, it'll really blow you away. Well, Nick, thanks so much. Uh, sure. We really appreciate it. We're about to walk into mile 22, mm-hmm. so we will let you know what we think. <laughs> uh, and I think I'm definitely going to give the. Uh, 10 Day Scottish Ale a chance. Sounds great. And uh, we really appreciate your time and we look forward to more time at Flix. Enjoy your meal, guys. That was so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, that was awesome. Um, I was really pleased that Nick was able to give us his time. I had a lot of fun chatting with him and uh, learning about Flix. And I hope that he'll be able to come back on in future episodes and at a minimum recommend a beer pairing with the films we're going to see. What did you think of the Scottish Ale that we had with Mile 22? I liked all of the beers that we had there. The Scottish Ale might have been my favorite of the four. Of the eight. Did we have eight beers there? We had a lot of all beers, right. even though this is a very short yeah, movie. But, but I agree the Scottish Ale was excellent yeah. and it's a movie like this. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What is up with in the beginning of this movie? There's a, a the, the opening scene is is Overwatch sort of um, staking out and then I guess attacking this house, and the camera pans by the side of the house and you can see that this house not only has cable TV installed, but it must have had seven or eight different cable companies over the years because there is cable that goes into the house. Then they drilled a hole and brought it out of the house. And then there's cables running up to, like, the windows and then in through, like, the window molding. Like, these people just need to get dish and move on with their lives. They've been stealing cable. Same scene. And so the two main characters that are posing as a husband and wife walking up to the front door are supposed to be... Knowing that they're being overheard by the Russians inside the home... But this guy sounds like the world's biggest 
asking his wife, can I please go ask for directions? Like, he's almost in tears. Like, can I please just knock on the door and ask them if they know where Christmas Avenue is instead of Christmas Street or wherever the hell they're trying to yeah. go? And, and he just keeps repeating it over and over and over again. I was praying to God by the time he arrived at the door that he was a special agent about to kill a bunch of people because otherwise that dude just needed to die. He was that much <laughs> he of a candy ass. He needed to kill or be killed? Yes. You, yeah. <laughs> yes. So same scene, what's up with they, they get into the house and one of the guys says, okay, go to the second floor. Do you see a safe in front of you? And they're sort of talking through on their earpieces. But then we see that they also have like high def video access to every room in this right. house and have yeah. been watching it for months. So if you already have high def video access, doesn't everyone know that there is Correct. a safe yeah. and where it is? Why is there any question about whether or not there's a safe in the room? In the room no idea. The room? You can there and you've watched it for months. Right. I didn't get it. Uh, same scene. There's there's a moment where I don't know if it's John Melkovich or somebody else in his his crew that that gives a, a direction to the team over all of their earpieces. Social media is clear. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was the most hilarious direction I've ever heard <laughs> because like they look at a social media app that's not like any social media app I've ever seen in my life. This isn't Facebook, Instagram, right? Yes, right. And they're like, well, social media is clear. Like within one second, they know, well, you're you're all safe because nobody on social media knows you're about to break like into the, the house it was as the if most someone on instagram like about to post like a like a really cool filter photo of <laughs> hey it looks like government agents are gonna go bust the house across the street from me <laughs> with like a good like fall background yeah yeah, so, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's really pretty the pumpkin yeah spice like, lattes in the foreground don't worry guys social media is clear like there's two billion sites like what right. what, what, do you, what do you mean social media is clear there's no way you know that and why are you checking social media when you have 4K video of what's going on in the house? Anyway, um, we could go on and on and on with that scene. And I feel like I'm picking on it because it's maybe the only coherent scene in the film. It's before it gets frantically edited. You're right. Yeah. 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 Because then you go on with lightning round. What's up with Peter Berg giving himself a cameo in the movie? Right. What's up with that cameo being a deadbeat dad and terrible divorced <laughs> Person whose only job is to get some other character angry who's shouting. But at but her but, but before we go into that, what's up with that weird divorce app that both of them yeah. seem to have like agreed to subscribe to? I sort of got the sense in the movie that Peter Berg's character was the good parent, and she, as a federal agent trying to protect the world was the bad mom who was way too married to her job to be able to take care of her kid. But then there's this weird app where she can't, like, text the family or communicate back and forth without a lawyer screening it. Yep, and, yep. and actually, in a weird way, that sounds to me like a good idea for me in a lot of situations. You just want, like, the filter app, yeah, someone to like, read your text and then like, say, you can't send that. I definitely feel like with my wife, with my boss, with others, this would be a good thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like well, somebody to say, Mike, maybe you want to rephrase it this way. And they don't even give her the chance. They just redid it for her. They she do. gets edited. Yeah. Th- that's a little too big, brother. Yeah. Now, 
just as a general, what's up with Wahlberg's character being autistic? I feel like Mark Wahlberg was hoping that this movie would would say something or be a statement or be meaningful. And instead, it just feels like he's an a-hole who snaps a rubber band on his wrist. And that's, yes. the, that's, that's the character we're given. A total a-hole snaps a rubber band. I was thinking about this last night. I feel like this is Mark Wahlberg playing Mark Wahlberg in every other Mark Wahlberg movie that we've seen, like Patriot's Day. Except this time, he's supposed to be somewhere on the spectrum. And it doesn't make a difference in his character. Except I constantly wondered how does his left hand not have gangrene because that rubber band looked super tight on his wrist also i don't understand why it's just not bleeding all the way around it because he's snapping it constantly and it's super tight so that's sort of weird yes i think that he thought that this would be like elevating his his craft to the next level but they didn't write it that way and i don't and i don't i don't call that a mark Wahlberg failure i just feel it's just a bad movie in general what's up with what a good time i had at the theater seeing this movie though i drank like eight delicious beers i had three (laughs) warm cookies i had an amazing hamburger drenched in a delicious cheese queso sauce that's a great day that's a great afternoon by the way i saw it at like three o'clock danny ran a half marathon the next morning so be impressed. That's <laughs> those are not good things to do the day before every race. <laughs> it's right. Uh, what's up with the huge siege scene in a like cinder block apartment building? And there's a little girl who's like clearly the victim caught in the middle of this, who can somehow in the hallway recognize the good guys versus the bad guys and pull the right. good guys into her apartment building. I'm like, oh my god! Like this girl is younger than both of my children. And she's in the midst of a machine gun fire. Yet somehow she knows who's right and who's she's wrong. She's discerned. Yeah, yeah is there right? compass. <laughs> yeah. No way. No way. Yeah. And finally, for me, what's up with John Malkovich? I don't know why he's in this movie, other than the <laughs> fact that he was in Deepwater Horizon with right. Mark Wahlberg, also directed by Peter Berg. And what's up with, like, his one affectation is that he seems to wear a suit with tennis with, shoes. With Converse All-Stars, Yeah. Yeah. And that's like his defining character trait. He wears tennis shoes. It's very basic. Uh, do you think that was in the script or is that something like Malkovich showed up and they just he said, I think my character wears tennis shoes. <laughs> and they were like, OK, John, whatever. Who's who's weirder at like a, a John Malkovich, Christopher Walken dinner? Like how, how weird Wouldn't is that conversation? For them to be in a go? movie together. Yeah. And play brothers or something. Oh my god, that would be just inspired. <laughs> Buddy, you ready for five questions? Absolutely. Let's talk more about Mile 22. All right, we've got five listener submitted questions. Thank you, listeners. Question number one What are the odds that this film is nominated for Best Popular Picture at this year's Oscars? Zero. I agree. Question number two. Director Peter Berg announced at CinemaCon, I think you referenced this, that they are planning Mile 22 to become a trilogy. Isn't that a little presumptuous? Yes. Yeah. I mean, how could this movie spawn another... We didn't even talk about it. How is this movie doing Rotten Tomatoes-wise? Dismal. Dismal, Dismal, terrible. I mean, what also kills me is that you already knew that the sequel would be called Mile 23. 
Like, you know that no matter what happens, no matter what the story is, this one's going to be... The next one would have been called Mile 23. Well, that's a great segue into question number three. Was it really necessary to retitle this film Kilometer 35.046 for the European market? If they did, I would totally tip my cap to them and actually think that is a win of marketing if they didn't it's a loss and a missed opportunity i'd get one of those magnets for my car right right uh did mark Wahlberg share any of the blame for making one and a half million dollars more for the reshoots of all the money in the world than co-star michelle williams we're dipping back on this one yeah, that's a... Um, no, I don't think he was to blame. That was a really weird situation. I think what's craziest, if I'm remembering correctly, is they were they had the same representation. Like, they had the same the same firm represented them both, and one, fir- one person in the firm got him an extra million and a half dollars than it got her. It's like her... That's crazy. It's like her mother and his mother-in-law. Like, like it's the same person representing both of <laughs> right. them. Like... Right, they right. face each other at Thanksgiving every year. <laughs> That'd be awkward. <laughs> he donated that that difference, right? He, gave he to did. Like yes. Yeah. Times up or somebody. Yes. <laughs> Final question: When was the last time that you listened to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch's 1991 album "Music for the People" in its entirety? I don't know that I've ever listened to it in its entirety. You just like skip around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. definitely not in the right order because I just I made my own mixtape. You got and, your favorites. Yeah. Right, I get right, it. Right. I get it. Right. All right, and that's five questions. Thank Thanks, you, listeners. listeners. Well, I clearly there's not much else to say about Mile Twenty Two. Neither of us enjoyed this film. I really enjoyed our conversation with Nick, and I enjoyed going to the theater. I really think seeing a movie in a theater is such a differentiating experience. Even when I'm stuck seeing just a piece of garbage. I'm happier doing that than streaming on my phone or watching on the Absolutely. treadmill or any other place. So yeah. Well, coming up, coming up next, we've got uh, a best picture winner from the best picture choosing machine and it's slumdog millionaire. Thanks for listening to the spoiler alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.